the transformation that my my clients have to go through in really stepping fully into that trust I go through every time I have a client too right I have to also trust that this birth is going to unfold as it's meant to that everyone's going to be okay I have to trust that the timing is going to be okay because doula life is a little you know crazy um, and I have to constantly uh, get more comfortable with uncertainty so it certainly helps to have a lot of practice with it going back to this piece of trust, right? Of surrounding yourself with individuals who deeply trust in birth, right? Who deeply trust in women. And that informs everything. Welcome to Purple Honey, a gathering of female voices where we explore how Jewish wisdom and feminine spirituality can bring sweetness to our everyday lives. I am your host, Jody Bayless. This week, as Passover winds down, we reflect on birth. For the week of Passover, we have retold and sat with our communal birth story. And what brings this story are women and birth workers, the midwives that birthed babies despite Pharaoh's decree, a mother, Yochebed, who entrusted her son to a river, the only chance to save the life of her child. Batya, who extended herself beyond her social standing and acted on the universal instinct to mother. To Miriam, who watched over her baby brother as he was delivered safely and who was a holder of the secrets of his true identity. And it's spring, where the air itself is charged with change and newness and the feeling that something can be created. What wisdom can we learn from birth? What does birth have to teach us? Today, I talk with a woman who journeys with women throughout their entire birth process, Michelle Cohen. Michelle is a two-labor trained birth doula, a Birth Arts International trained postpartum doula, and a Yoga Alliance registered prenatal yoga teacher who supports women in preparing for their childbearing year through group classes, personalized prenatal and postnatal private sessions, labor support workshops, and compassionate birth and postpartum doula support. Working with moms since 2008, Michelle has taught hundreds of pregnant and new moms how to connect with their bodies and their babies through breath, movement, and mindful awareness. Michelle is also a very dear friend, and I'm always honored to watch how much courage, compassion, and trust it takes her to do her work. I was so excited to sit down and listen to her wisdom. Even during our conversation, Michelle received a text from a postpartum client, and she was on call, waiting for the time that would come to attend the next birth and support a mom through her labor. Michelle lives and breathes her work, and in knowing Michelle, it clearly takes a special person and a level of dedication to attend births and witness this crossing in life. Here's our conversation. So birth is such a powerful physical experience. Um, arguably the biggest one you're probably ever going to go through in your life. Um, and so 
it makes sense that we need something bigger than just a surface level of care, right? Um, and so kind of touching a little, if I may, on my birth experiences. Um, so I have two boys and my first was born at a hospital with an OB practice um, that is pretty popular in the area. And I just didn't know what I didn't know. Was the care good? Yes. Was everything ultimately fine? Yes. Um, I ended up actually having a, a preterm um, labor. I gave birth at 35 weeks. Um, I did end up having a vaginal unmedicated birth um, without support, actually, which I think is one of the main reasons why I do the work that I do um, because I didn't know that I needed it. And so many women don't know, but to have that level of support from a, a doula is, is really essential. Um, and so on paper, everything looked fine, right? Um, I had my vaginal unmedicated birth. I was well supported in a, a modern, lovely hospital with all the medical accoutrements that I needed. My son, although spending some time in the NICU, was healthy and safe and fine. And yet, right? For months, for years, I couldn't quite figure out what had been missing. And for me, it was really being um, a part of the process, like owning the experience and um, feeling supported through it, feeling heard. Um, and also, um, it just, it was a birth that left me wanting more. That's what I, that's what I like to say. Like it's a, it's a, you're, you just want something deeper. And so I think it was this craving for some sacredness, for some reverence. Um, so I ended up switching to a midwife practice for my second in a hospital because again, with my risk factors, um, with preterm labor, which I did end up um, having preterm labor and, and bed rest for my second. Um, so again, the type of care, concretely, right, maybe didn't change all that much. My second birth was also a vaginal unmedicated birth in a hospital, but it felt night and day different from the way that I was treated in appointments, the amount of time that was given, the support that I had. And what I will say too, and there's two years in between my children, so it was those two years of learning more, researching, reading, delving more deeply in, into this. Um, and I had my children before I started this work. Um, and most of us birth workers come to this work through um, our own experiences. Either they were great and we wanna help everybody have that same experience, or they were potentially traumatic and we want to heal ourselves in the process and um, help women avoid having those traumatic experiences. Um, but in any case, I um, now have seen so many births, right? That there's just this place that you can take birth to, this really deep, beautiful, sacred, special, like, 
don't know if I have enough words for it, um, really meaningful place that honors the transformation that's occurring and it just feels more aligned and more nourishing and more healing for the women. So um, part of this is that women don't see birth. We don't we don't live in communities anymore in which you would just happen to be watching your... You're walking by the tent. Your aunt, your sisters, your whatever. Yeah, give birth. So we have no idea what it can be like. So the good enough birth might feel amazing to some people or it might feel like it's lacking and then they have to seek out what they're looking for once they kind of figure it out. Um, But... As a birth worker, and I would think other birth workers could speak to this too, when you see the wide range, um, you're just really always hoping for women to have that um, highest level experience where she feels healed, integrated, respected, and and of course, healthy for her and the baby. Mm -hmm. But that is just such, um, in many ways, a small component. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to think about women's like emotional um, level and experience as well. Mm, that's amazing. So I mean, so for you and your own birth story, there was like a, a gap, and you and you really um, work to fill that for yourself, and are now filling it for other women. Yeah. And and our and you and you are really like a birth. Um, I don't mean this age-wise, but like a birth-wise yeah. elder. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll use village language. I would love it. So, I mean, you're a doula who supports women in their bodies, in through in their the process they go through, and this whole process involves like change on every level, um, and essentially, you're so you're holding birth stories. That's like what you do. Mm-hmm. And I was in my car before coming into your house thinking about my own birth story and how emotional those birth stories were and how I still hold them in my body. Um, And so not only do you have your own birth story, but you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women's birth stories, whether you have attended their birth or just heard them, attended their birth, (laughs) whether you've taught them or their partners in a yoga class because you're holding their partners' pieces too and their families. Yeah. Um, or whether you're caring for a mom and her baby and what other, what other forces in their home might, you know, might be um, siblings. Um, you're like managing that dynamic. So, and so like why, why I'm so excited to talk to you about this is like, so it's the Passover season, it's spring, changes everywhere the flowers are blooming up and we are called to sit around a table and spend a week thinking about and reenacting a birth story essentially Mm -hmm. and so I feel like there's so much wisdom that you bring having one-on-one close having this close-up experience to birth and so my one I think my first like let's start with um what um Maybe let's start like in a bright space around this birth story piece and how you hold it. What has been joyful for you in being so close to the birth experience? Um, 
That's such a good question. Um, so many things, I think. Thank you also for starting with the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go light. Let's, let's start go light. light. Okay. Um, I mean, just witnessing so many families joy, there is just such uh, a miracle, obviously, in seeing a baby come into this world. Um, there's really nothing I'd rather do than watch a baby being born. Don't tell my family. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really, um, really such a gift to be able to support women and families as that is happening. So when we think about joy, um, it's obviously the moment of a family meeting this baby for the, for the first time um, and experiencing this new life. Um, and really the joy of seeing the whole process. So as a doula, as a birth doula, I see people um, in advance of the, the actual big day. Um, so we usually do two uh, prenatal visits and there's education and support through that and helping them um, figure out what their priorities are um, and what their vision is for the birth and um, how they can best cope and um, and strategies for the actual experience, right? Um, and then the um, usually, so as a as a prenatal yoga teacher as well, I will often work with clients in yoga classes or if they're not working with me as a yoga teacher, they're working with. Um, with other yoga teachers and so seeing the joy of them just transitioning through that process of starting out with maybe not a lot of understanding or either awareness in their bodies um, and then becoming more in tune with themselves with their babies with their own intuition and then learning to advocate and wake up a little bit to to um, really ask for what they need in the process. That is is really joyful, um, and really um, I don't know, just seeing this this family being being born um, is is really such a gift. Mm. Can you share a little bit more about what other kinds of supports? might help balance this experience for women. Sure. Um, so one thing I want to yeah, just I went mention. Like no, you're fine. <laughs> I just want to mention back something that you said about these transformations. And so looking at it from like a, a macro and a micro level, right? You've got the big mm -hmm. life cycle of pregnancy and maybe even started in fertility, fertility, mm -hmm. pregnancy, birth, postpartum, right? So you've got that continuum and you can see that cycle. And then all of the little transformations that happen. So you could look at pregnancy individually and what happens in those 10 months, really, um, if you make it all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens in the birth, the birth itself is like this amazing cosmic universe of transformations and change moment by moment and stage of labor and all of that. And then you've got the pre to four to five months. You really see them just blossom. I, I call it growing your mama wings. Like you just really see this expansion, this joy, this um, this grounding, hopefully, ideally, right? If, if all is going well. I think that support is so 
essential, so essential, right? Because we don't know, even with our best laid plans and all of our yoga and all of our meditation and all of our green smoothies and all of our, you know, self-care practices and our informed choices and our education and all of it, um, and even with, you know, a high level of support, it it may not go, it may go sideways, as we like to say, you know, we, we don't know. Um, but the thing that can be the through line in holding it all together is that, that community, that help, that um, knowing that you're not going through this alone, right? So when we think about levels of support, if you had all the resources and all the things, um, I mean, having a, um, a birth doula, a postpartum doula, a lactation consultant, a therapist, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist. Um, let's see. I'm, I know I'm going to forget like a bunch of people, um, but all the re- all the resources. A, a place to go. You know, obviously a, a yoga teacher um, or a or a yoga studio. Um, your mom friends that you can call um, at any hour to ask questions, your family who's pitching in to help. Um, It really requires a tremendous village. And I'm very acutely aware too, as I'm listing all these things, how much resources it takes to have this village. Unfortunately, our, um, our culture, our society, our communities don't um, have this built in in a way that makes it accessible for everybody. And I know when we've, when you and I have just talked about client experiences and postpartum client experiences, a few times you've mentioned, and she's just so supportive. So when you see a mom that has all of this, I just want to stay in a bright place, right? Now. Yes, yes. <laughs> not, not in a it's place good. of scarcity, but like to, to yeah. see like what to, really this idealistic vision, right? Um, what what is a mom like? for you, again, everybody's different, but when she is supported, what does that look like? Yeah. Oh, and of course I forgot to mention care providers. <laughs> of course you have your OB, your midwife, your, you know, your pediatrician, your your actual medical people. That, that too. Let's just, didn't want to leave that out. Um, but what does it look like if a mom is is completely supported? Um, you know, it, it doesn't look easy. I'm going to be honest. Like, it's still not that everything is rainbows and butterflies and glitter, right? Um, But at the same time, um, things are not going unaddressed. So one has to hope that if things are arising, right? A complicated birth or um, a difficult breastfeeding experience or healing that has to happen in the body, like an actual postpartum recovery situation, let's say an infection with stitches or something, right? Which all these things don't happen to everybody, but there generally something is arising in some scenario, um, whether that's in pregnancy or postpartum. Um, But it's not getting ignored, right? It's not going unaddressed, which means it's not going to fester and build and create um, something to be dealt with years down the line. It's really that we're, we're managing and supporting all of this as it comes up, right? We're, we're addressing a mom's mental health if things are, are, um, occurring in that moment. And postpartum doulas can see that and sort of be that first line of defense in noticing 
shifts um, really we're, we help normalize things, right? We help people understand in, in birth and postpartum and, um, and also like as a prenatal yoga teacher, when you're holding a class and everyone's sharing their experiences, that's sort of the piece of community, right? Of knowing like, oh, she too is feeling like this. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm not broken. This is a, a common experience in pregnancy, right? Um, although I was just talking to my yoga class uh, the other week about how there's a lot of common experiences in pregnancy that fall within the range of normal, right? Low back pain, heartburn, sciatica, you name it, right? But we don't have to suffer through it. So that is sort of, I think, the piece of getting yourself support is, okay, you might have low back pain. It's common. It's normal. Nothing's wrong with you. You can suffer through that or experience that for the whole time of your pregnancy. Or you can address that through chiropractic care, acupuncture, physical therapy, yoga, whatever it is, your modality, your healing modality that, that lights you up, um, and hopefully alleviate that, you know, and so that you can find the joy in the pregnancy and the joy in the postpartum. Um, we're, we're kind of, I feel like we're we're less connected to that joy now these days. Um, certainly there's the joy of having your baby and, and loving your baby and there's no lack of, of that that's happening. But um, there are a lot of women struggling and suffering in the postpartum period with um, uh, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and things like that. And so, you know, when you Google postpartum, the very next word that seems to come up in all of the the um, hits that you get is postpartum depression, right? So it's a very real thing. Um, and I th and and that's a complicated conversation that could go deeper for a whole nother time. But just this idea that um, our our culture and our society has changed so much. We've gotten so far from this village concept that I think it's um, really impacting our mental health and of women and families as a whole. And so, that again ties back to the level of support. If you're able to put that village in place for yourself, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it can greatly reduce the, the things that we see, the issues that we see. And that mental health piece is so important. I actually um, experienced postpartum and honestly like prenatal um, and postpartum anxiety, like hormone-induced anxiety, mm -hmm. um, which I had no idea was... Um, it, very common um, and postpartum depression is is um, um, is a piece and I, I just didn't know that like that was a cousin that that accompanied um, the experience as well <clears throat> um, and it's it, you know which we just we just don't talk about it a lot no um, and I, it was a friend um, a, a, one of our friends talk shared with me I think I was like you know, a week before having my second daughter about her, um, her, uh, postpartum anxiety. And I'm like, Oh, I'm having these exact symptoms. And, um, and this is a friend that I really, um, hold in, um, uh, you know, I really respect in that, like, she's just really smart, super overachiever. Like I, and I never would have, um, I never would have thought of her as struggling. And so hearing that totally legitimized my own story and experience. Um, and 
awareness and body awareness, like I really, I really know now when there's hormonal, now I'm in the perimenopausal phase of things, but the same, the same, all the same, I understand hormonal anxiety now all because this friend mentioned it. And so it feels like, um, support to the point of support. It opens the gates to all that we were talking about, self-care, awareness, self-love. <laughs> it like opens the floodgates. Um, asking for help. Asking for help. So the, the support is central to that. One of the threads in this experience is that there are a lot of unknowns. Um, and so like we were just talking about this caring with um, at these caring pieces as anchors. Um, and I, when we're in the face of, un, of the unknown, sometimes it feels like it forces us to go into the depths of trusting ourselves. And so what has the birth experience, and when I, I just mean the whole thing, um, what have you learned about trust? Body trust, trust to trust, like trust in the unknown. Um, and I and I and also saying like as a doula, I know you like you're really supporting women um, in their desire to have. I, many women I understand come to you in a desire to have a vaginal birth, um, and, and a desire that it looks and, and feels and is a certain way. So um, trust, yeah, big word. I love this question so much. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? Um, no, the, so I feel like, um, in my teaching as a prenatal yoga instructor, one of my favorite things is to teach these bigger, teach to these bigger themes of pregnancy, right? Trust, you know, dealing with uncertainty, um, surrender, letting go. I mean, we can phrase it a lot of different ways. Non-attachment, right? To our expectations or our, our ideals. Um, so I have thought on this, taught on this, grappled with this for a decade. Um, I mean, trust uh, in my own births, probably starting there. Um, and then I always say that um, the transformation that my my clients have to go through in really stepping fully into that trust, I go through every time I have a client too, right? I have to also trust that this birth is going to unfold as it's meant to, that everyone's going to be okay. I have to trust that the timing is going to be okay because doula life is a little, you know, crazy. Um, and I have to constantly... Uh, get more comfortable with uncertainty. So it certainly helps to have a lot of practice with it. Um, but getting women to that place of trust, oh, I wish there was a magic pill. I mean, I wish there was just an easy way to do it. Um, I also think, to be honest, that the birth experiences themselves that women are given help lead them to that trust of themselves again starting in that continuum right of like where 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 we have to meet them where they are right you meet them where they are and um and then life has a way of taking shape um in that it either builds ideally it builds that trust right and and 
whatever the birth experience is, right, if we're aiming for this vaginal birth, but then that doesn't occur or whatever, there are still ways of deeply finding and believing in that trust in yourself and in your bodies. Um, that's why I, I love this work so much because it's so multi-layered. It's so complicated. It's so, there's so much healing that has to occur all the time, you know? Um, but, uh, when it comes to, okay, again, I'm trying to be more concrete, how to build that trust. So I think, you know, again, being in your body, finding a body-based practice, which again, mine is yoga, but it's not for everybody, right? It could be running, it could be swimming, it could be tai chi, it could be, who knows, anything that you um, feel in your body um, is where it starts. And then it's surrounding yourself with positivity, with stories of possibility that this could happen, right? So we're so trained to only hear the negative, oh, how people love to share their negative birth stories <laughs> and their experiences and their difficulties. And I think much of that honestly has to do with Unresolved healing, you think? Um, you know, it's, it's just um, it's like communalizing. It's just put it out there, and in in the interest of you know, let me help you avoid this happening to you. But really, it just plants a seed of of challenge, and um, and it's always for me walking that fine line of being real because real life happens, difficult things happen, scary things happen, and yet honoring all possibilities. That's a big teaching that I have too in my classes of anything is possible, right? You can go into an induction and yes, we've all heard the cascade of interventions that could potentially occur, but there's also the flip side of your body is ready and this induction is gonna be fast and smooth. I have seen that, I have lived that, my clients have experienced that. Is it every time? No, but it's also a possibility, right? So we have to just be really open. And the more we're able to open, surrender and trust, the better outcomes I find that we have, mm -hmm. right? And ultimately, um, I mean, all the studies show that it's not really about how your birth uh, unfolded, right? Everyone thinks, oh, well, I, if I'm aiming for this vaginal unmedicated birth, I'm only going to be happy if I have this vaginal unmedicated birth. But studies are showing that that's not true. It's really about how you felt during your birth. Were you supported? Were you respected? Were you consulted? Did you have some sort of locus of control even when things were out of control, right? And that comes from compassionate care, from putting women first, from, you know, really tuning into them in that moment to try to um, eliminate any trauma that, that we can. Um, so, that's what I think ultimately matters. And can they come out of this experience feeling like they trusted their team, their care providers, you know, their partner, um, themselves, and, and were they heard? So. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, please. Yes. And yes. I, I love um, what you said. Uh, I, I experienced this as well. Like that 
given that birth story, your birth story, owning it, and as being in, you know, in a, in, in a mindset throughout the whole process, no matter what the outcomes and complications were and whether it matched your vision or not, that birth, that birth story, your birth story is a point of wisdom now. And um, I know I refer back to mine and pull from it all the time as a place, it, it there, you know, there's like such potent origin of excitement, disappointment, trust, personal intuition, all the things. And it like can become a wellspring that you can dip your toe in for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to birth than I think I had never known about. Um, and I'm just curious, like if, if you've seen some very skilled laboring, I'm sure from these from um, skilled midwives as well. Yes. Um, I mean, I think what's coming up for me is going back to this piece of trust, right, of surrounding yourself with individuals who deeply trust in birth, right, who deeply trust in women. And that informs everything around their care. Um, And... So yes, there's been so many um, spectacular births that I have supported. Huge fan of um, the Women Before You practice. Um, and, and of course, other practices in the area too. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the midwifery model because I think that it does really um, come from this lens that physiological birth is normal, that the majority of women can birth a baby through their vagina and that women's choices matter, right? So so when you're in that environment, that alone, like you said, it just sort of allows you to feel like you were cared for, supported, that it was going to be okay, right? Um, so so I can feel that in a room, like it's palpable, the, that feeling and energy of, of trusting moms. Um, and then um, the logistics of it is, yes, we use a whole bunch of natural means, right? From positions to hydrotherapy, which is a fancy way of saying water, um, you know, and uh, everything from affirmations, chanting, you know, it, it, and it really depends on, of course, what's, what the mom is comfortable with. But... Um, Knowing also that the process is, I I say that birth is like a fingerprint, right? There's no two that are the same, which is why it's hard to say, like, here's what you can expect. Because, yeah, it's super important to prepare people, right? Like, let's be clear, there needs to be some sort of awareness and structure um, about this is what can happen to you. Um, But at the same time, um, know that your situation is going to be extremely unique to you um, and to control the things you can control and let go of those that you can't, right? Um, but that's where also, and it starts really also with um, in uh, GW's midwifery practice of really advocating that their clients get a doula, right? So that they have that continuous care. That's a piece we haven't mentioned yet, which is continuous care means so much, right? We're the ones who are there throughout the shift changes, throughout the variety of, you know, um, the care team coming in and out and can provide that that grounding 
um, just, yeah, continuity so that people feel secure. Um, so it starts, it starts also, I mean, it's always like dialing it back, right? But it, it starts prenatally, it starts in the visits, it starts with asking and answering questions and, um, and the way that they approach that. It starts with nutrition, they have guidelines around that, you know, and, and then just really, um, yeah, trusting the process and also being open right? Like, um, as caregivers, we may come in inadvertently. It's like we have our own lens, our own experiences that brought us here and our own, um, biases, inherent biases, right? Which we try to address hopefully and, and deal with. But, um, we have to always stay open to if things are not going the way that we hoped, expected, planned for, whatever, we, reassess right you you you're still always um coming back to it from a place of of supporting that mom in in her wishes um mm-hmm. so yeah there's there's a lot um and then getting back to this other piece that you touched on that birth can be so much bigger right um so birth is a super sacred experience whether or not you consider yourself sacred, spiritual, woo-woo, whatnot, you might be completely shut off from that part of yourself, but that energy of birth is coming through you and it is powerful and irrevocable and life-changing and transformative, whether or not you wanna address it. Um, But it's certainly more fun for me to work with people who do um, honor that element of it and want to hold it with some kind of reverence, right? Like what self-care practices do you feel are so at the center of taking care of yourself and um, in pregnancy? And and have you seen women, um, I don't know if, if you have any examples of, of seeing women being able to ask for what they want, whether it's in prenatal or actually during birth or not during, yeah, during birth. Well, and, during birth, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just touch on, um, obviously there's lots of little like self-care practices and things that we can, we can talk about, but, um, I just wanted to have a moment to sort of address this like self-care buzzword kind of thing that there's like so much out there in the world, um, especially like if you are an Instagram scroller, um, and, and it's really, um, I think women take it to mean luxuries or indulgences or an escape or something big and um, is going to either cost a lot of money or a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of that um, that element of I don't have time for that, right? Or I, you know, um, and so in a positive way, I mean, the self-care trend has illuminated our need to care for ourselves more and more. So when I started doing this work a decade ago, I mean, nobody was really even talking about self-care to some extent. So it's now out there. Um, but in on the flip side, you know, I really think we need to shift the word from self-care, which I still do sometimes use, but um, to self-love, right? It really starts with... Um, it's, it's really a mindset shift, you know, of, of kind of owning 
your self-worth and love for yourself and and your value. Um, so there's like a really interesting phenomenon that I see often, um, which is women um, will take like immaculate care of themselves during pregnancy, right? They'll do all the things on multiple levels. Um, and then once the baby is born, just all that disappears. There is a complete lack of, mm. of regard for self-care of any kind. And I mean, listen, I see it every day. I lived it myself with my two kids. I totally get the logistics of how hard it is mm. to care for the baby, to find time for yourself. Um, even to remember what you love <laughs> in that moment, right? But I do feel like, um, you know, there needs to be a better understanding um, mm -hmm. that this self-love, self-care piece um, is that without a healthy mom physically and especially mentally, there will not be a healthy baby or a healthy family, right? So we have to shift this like, this is about me and it's for me and blah, blah, blah. you know, I find women often find it an easier mental shift if it's really, it's, we're constantly, we're hardwired to think of others, I think, especially mm -hmm. as we become moms, our focus is on the baby's physical, you know, um, and emotional well-being. Um, but we have to work really hard, I think, to not get lost in the process one of the greatest tools is coming to the yoga mat, right? Mm -hmm. Of carving out that space. And it doesn't have to necessarily be an entire class, although that's wonderful if you're able to do it. But um, being still first, um, finding your breath, finding that connection to your body, to your baby. Um, and, and then from there, just listening right? Hearing what your body and your baby and you really need. That's the first step, right? It's like awareness. And then from there, um, yes, the physical practice of yoga is, is wonderful too um, and helps you care for your, your body and helps you learn how to be with a variety of sensations. Obviously, the pregnant body is changing so much day by day, moment by moment. And so learning to hold space for those changes, to understand what's normal, to be in a community of women. I mean, that is something that is really um, taken for granted, I think, or um, I don't even know if that's the right term, but um, overlooked, I should say. It's overlooked to be in a community of other pregnant moms in a room, because of course, if you've practiced yoga before, you can continue with your practice if for as long as you feel comfortable, potentially, but you're losing that piece of being in a room with other pregnant moms. So I highly advocate, of course, pregnant pregnancy or prenatal yoga. Um, and I really think that that is one of the things that really starts the shift of people mm -hmm. knowing what they need and then beginning to ask for it. So I will say too, is that everybody, I've learned this um, in my years of supporting women, everybody starts at a different place sort of on this continuum mm. of advocacy or continuum of, yeah, I guess you could call it that. So I've had students who are quite shy, who are not comfortable in their bodies, who potentially have a difficult time speaking up for what they need, um, for doing something different than what the person next to them is doing, you know, and for maybe taking some dramatic actions like switching a care provider or standing up to a mother-in-law or something like that, right? 
On the other hand, over the years, I've had many students who are excellent advocates for themselves, who have no problem really standing in their power and owning what they need and um, switching care providers or, um, you know, asking for different levels of support from their partner. Um, So it really, you know, everyone is so unique and different. It's hard to say what one birthing person needs, right? It's so, it's so juicy and complicated and Mm -hmm. different. And, um, but certainly one of my favorite aspects of the job is starting someone from a place of, you know, they're really unsure about how this whole process works. And even when you are tuned into your body, of course, there's just so much, right? There's so many decisions that need to be made. There's so many appointments. There's um, just this massive transformation and shift that occurs. Mm -hmm. And so just watching that is a really beautiful experience. And now for some sweet notes. Sweet note one. Amidst the daily body changes in birth and the flurry of preparations, there is a deep place that the birth process calls us to access. From trying to conceive, to carrying baby, to birthing, to the large life shifts after baby arrives, all of it calls us to trust, to seek support, to voice our desires, and to engage in small acts of caring for ourselves. Sweet note two. Feeling supported, seen, and heard throughout your birth. I love Michelle's reflection. Choosing caregivers that believe women's bodies are made to birth and that women's choices matter is a key to feeling supported and fully being at the center of the birth experience. Sweet note three. Our birth stories can be a source of wisdom and can help to develop self-trust. No matter what direction our birth went, no matter how the story unfolded, it is our story and it remains a wellspring of wisdom whenever we want to dip in. And what happened with the birth that Michelle was waiting to attend? Baby arrived around midnight on the night before Passover. Tired and elated, Michelle emailed that following morning where she hopped on a bus to join her family for Seder. Sending the deepest of thank yous to Michelle for this conversation and to all birth workers that support women and that believe in the power of birth. I want to thank Ethan Bayless, co-producer, sound engineer, and composer. And if you're interested in further connecting to the post-Passover spirit, join me in Eating with the Omer, a seven-week mindful food journey where we combine the powerful practice of counting time to what is on our plates. Check it out at redlentilconsulting.com. Until next time, I'm Jody Bayless, and this is Purple Honey. Yeah, so I mean, I can just read this if you want. I love this quote. Okay, I am what is becoming I am present to what is. I am with you. We deliver the strugglers from the narrow place. We are the midwives of freedom. Where we stand, here and now, this place 
is holy ground.